Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. Doing this one in person. It's been a while since I've done one in person and a fellow Southern Oregonite. Um, excited to have this person on, I'll introduce in a second. And I talk a lot about startups, I talk to a lot of startups, but what I love hearing about and diving deeper into is companies that have that longevity. So I'm excited to have Ben McKinley, the founder of Cascade Web Development on. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me. It's great to, as you said, be face-to-face, doing a lot more of that myself. So your business has been around 20, 21 and a half years, 21 and a half years. Yep. And you were just telling me that your longest employee has been there since the beginning, basically. Yep. Second yep. longest is 20 years. Just turned 20, uh, had his 20 year anniversary over the weekend. Yep. Wow. So I guess to start, can you tell us a little bit about the company? You betcha. So Cascade Web Development is a, um, it's kind of a hybrid company. We have, uh, we took the unique stance uh, back in late 2001 of uh, not jumping on board with the the latest and greatest web software, but deciding to, to endeavor to create our own. And so we started building out Evergreen, uh, which is a, a development framework essentially uh, in late 2001 when Stefan Brewer, our technical director, joined forces with me. And at at that time, it blew my mind. It was a, a hosted cloud-based web solution where you had a, a login environment on the back end. Multiple people could log in and make updates at the same mm. time. Uh, database-driven, all these things that were were very foreign to me who was used to updating one page at a time using uh, FTP, file transfer protocol, days of Dreamweaver front page, yeah. et cetera. <laughs> um, so that really launched me in an exciting new direction because after a three and a half years with a, pre- a previous web partnership, Mounted Software, I finally had something that I was really excited to be able to go out and sell. And then I could bring that back, provide it to Stefan, and he would design and develop those websites. So it was the the true nature of a partnership. And yeah. then back then, he was able to do things I wasn't able to do and vice versa. And it remains so today. I mean, that's pretty ahead of its time to kind of create your own path. And I mean, that's probably, I would assume, served you well and the longevity as so much has changed. Yeah, I think it has. I mean, we have continued to innovate like crazy on our end as, as much as a group of, of at this point, six uh, people can. Okay. Uh, and I think we've done a really nice job because we're essentially at this point, originally it was built on on um, ASP Classic in, in that day. It felt like, gosh, Microsoft, how can you go wrong? Yeah. Of course, time has proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, but then we moved it to uh, the LAMP stack. So 
Um, you know, that is basically open source technology that WordPress and Drupal and many mm. others are built on. So we leverage the the community of the open source, mm. but then in a hosted environment, the the code that we have is not released to the public. Mm. So there's there is uh, it's it's unique in that way. But I think what it's really done for us is it's helped to ensure the the commitment and longevity of our team because they're not just building the latest greatest website on the the latest and greatest software right. that's available. They're also helping to build and innovate on. On this um, and then I think it's really helped with our clients because they're they're noticing that partnership where we're not just building the thing and then putting it on a server somewhere yeah and then maybe 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 not supporting it over time but instead saying no we're, we're here with you till the end yeah. and and while they don't have at least that perceived value of, of being able to quote own the code I think it's proven out with the complexity of sites we're creating that most of those if they are built in open source frameworks they're very developer specific and so so I think that shared commitment, that notion of us being, you know, stakeholders in this thing together has really helped with longevity of, of staff and of clients. Yeah. So who, what's kind of your ideal kind of client size or type of work? Is it every everybody or? No, I, although I wouldn't say that we're, we're not very, uh, uh, industry specific. Okay. So we've got everything from, you know, a distributor of motorcycle accessories and helmets to, you know, state uh, employment agencies mm. to, um, you know, state uh, industry um, associations for hospitals and health systems and nonprofits, law firms, everything in between. So cool. on the one hand, I'd, I'd love to get a little bit more vertically specific mm. um, and intentional with with certain industries. But on the other hand, I think that that diversification really helps depending on what the economy is doing. Yeah. And certainly, um, you know, gives us a lot of fresh perspective when we come and talk to a client is we're not we're not completely you know, sort of siloed in this specific industry, but we're able to draw from and pull a lot of different ideas from disparate industries and, and bring those to bear. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, what I want to dig into is just, you know, being a business owner <laughs> for 22 years, especially in the industry you're in, I mean, it's changed so much and you kind of sound like uh, adapted and had a foresight of doing some things that gave you that longevity, but talk about just, I want to talk about the employee side to have those folks with you for so long. I mean, what's the secret? <laughs> what's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, certainly no silver bullet there, but yeah. I think in our case, a couple of things. One, we were remote with our development team from day one. Okay. So what I identified was, uh, you know, um, over time, uh, uh, these three individuals, Stefan, Paul, and Michael, that uh, want to be really active in, in raising their kids. Mm. And I, I believe in all cases, their wives had jobs outside of the home. And we were able to offer them something unique and that they could uh, be very active in getting their kids to school, taking care of them if they weren't feeling well. And so they kind of had this, this unique experience of, of being a stay-at-home dad, but but having a you know a full-time job. Yeah. Um, so I think that was key. Certainly helped us in the pandemic in that they were looking around going, what's the big deal? Nothing's really changed. Except so that was from day one. It was always one. distributed team. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I was pretty ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a little bit of a forcing function just because of the situation they were in. And, and I always liked the idea of, of being very efficient with resources. And I was comfortable working from home. I had done it the three previous years in mm -hmm. that, that previous partnership, Mount Hood Software. So it's like, yeah, let's, let's just do this. It's not broken. Uh, the other thing is that because we were developing our own software, I think there was a, a heightened level of ownership in the company or that sense of ownership. Mm -hmm. They weren't just building out the next website for a given client on, you know, 
the available tool set, but constantly innovating and developing that tool set and really feeling, you know, that deep connection with the client and with the team of like, we, we did this together. This isn't yeah. something where, because uh, what I see with a lot of agencies is they, they jump from platform to platform based upon a couple of things. One, who they've got working for them. So sometimes they'll have someone who's really specialized in a certain area, but if that person leaves and takes all that, that knowledge with them, they might have to hire someone new with a different skill set, different code, yeah. you know, a, a familiarity. And, and so they might then have to say to their clients, like, sorry, we can't help you maintain that site anymore, but let me steer you in this direction. Mm -hmm. That actually might be great for business, but it's certainly not so great for clients. And, and I think for um, the team, it's, it's a little less stable. Um, but yeah, I think it's that that balance between giving them a lot of, of flexibility and between personal and professional life and then giving them more, you know, control over what it is that we're creating and how we're creating it and all of the, you know, the good feelings and vibes that come with, the, you know, being able to look a client in the eye and say, I can't do it today, but give me a couple of days and maybe I can change that. Yeah, and yeah. being able to come back and have those clients just be like, whoa, that's amazing. I mean, I would think at this point that is a huge advantage for you to talk to clients or, you know, perspective clients about that longevity. I mean, that's so rare. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you just don't, I don't hear about that anymore. And I talked to a lot of folks in the business community. So I commend you on that. I love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It's definitely a, a drum that I beat hard. Yeah. And I would say that for, you know, some of the more seasoned professionals that I'm working with, you know, the 35 and older set, yeah. they look at that and they're like, that's amazing. A lot of younger folks, they don't know any different because yeah, yeah. it's, it's, you know, perhaps in their experience, it's been, um, you know, much more transitory as it is today. And so the notion of that's like, well, okay. Um, yeah. so I'm not sure everyone highly values that, but it's certainly one of those things that I like to point out is a, uh, these folks have been with me. That's, mm -hmm. that creates continuity and stability for everybody and B, you know, they're, uh, they're building this software. So it's, it's the benefit of not only having the, the, if you think about, like, I always use the analogy of someone, uh, you know, in the, in the bike world, the difference between someone assembling a bike out of the box with all the parts as compared to someone who's custom building a bike for yeah. a specific rider with unique, um, you know, physical attributes. And I think in our case, they're much more the, the custom bike builder as compared to the hmm. assembler. It's that was an interesting insight about just the different generations, how they maybe look at that too. I mean, you and I coming up uh, in the work world, that was pretty standard. Like, oh yeah, this person's been here 25, 30 years. So that's like, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> freaking does not exist. No. Anymore. And the really ironic <laughs> part is that my dad was a, you know, a lifer with uh, one of the big timber companies down in Southern Oregon while in this region, Boise yeah. Cascade. And I remember how they used to have him going up and down I-5 meetings up in Monmouth and, and Salem, you know, up and back in a day. And I'm like, dad, are they taking care of you? Is there any incentive, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he, I'm doing fine, Ben, you know, the company's taking care of me. And then now here I am in this, you know, yeah. uh, employer role of like, Hey guys, you good? Am I doing everything I right. can to help you? Are you feeling supported? You know? So it, it's huh. sort of funny how, how life serves those things up. Well, let's talk about just, uh, we talk about your employees, but how's it been for you as the owner of this, you know, small business for that long? And you're also, you know, an OG of the Portland tech scene. <laughs> so you've seen these, these waves come and go. So, I mean, there's kind of, there's two pretty distinct things, but I, I think they merge together. So I'm just 
Yeah, how's it been for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's been really interesting. So I look at it, there have been a couple chapters, the first one being Mount Hood Software, where I didn't, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't know anything. I was getting trained by, a, you know, a gentleman that I had worked worked under mm. um, with an internship previously. And we said, well, let's let's try this thing on and go for it. So that first chapter was learning how to sell and and through that, learning how to build very rudimentary websites and, you know, grew up fast in, in that three and a half years from 23 to, or excuse me, 22 to 25. Mm-hmm. Roll that into Cascade and we were building our own software and building the team and and really hustling to, to try and find opportunities. And as I was sharing with my daughter this weekend on the chairlift, it's like, gosh, thinking about how hard we worked for for a website and the revenue that that represented back in 2001 and previously compared to today, it's it's mind boggling, you know, wow. in terms of the value uh, that we are, were able to to generate today versus then. But yeah. that essentially we're building our own platform out uh, for what we call it Evergreen Content Management System. And then from there, we built out what we referred to as White Pass, uh, which is more of an intranet solution. So thinking about Evergreen being something where you have a public facing website and you can go into an administrative environment to make updates. Mm-hmm. White Pass was more that we were making those updates and, and inputting content right on the, the front end of the website. So automating business processes. And, and that was a, a huge game changer for us. Hmm. And then the next uh, iteration of that was Brand Live, which was is a, a live video platform. And Brand Live has has definitely found its way and uh, continues to be, you know, pretty. So tell me, sorry to interrupt, Ben, were you part of Brand Live's launch or? So Brand Live uh, started off as, as simply a module on Evergreen that we made available to one of our clients, uh, Nordica, that was a ski brand, excuse me, a, a boot brand that was yeah. going into the ski world. And they wanted to figure out a way to educate sales for sales floor reps at ski shops. And they wanted to do it digitally. So it started off just as this thing that was essentially a, we hijacked what we saw on Dig, where the the founders of Dig would have a weekly show and yeah. sit on a couch and chat. And then you'd have a little chat module on the yeah. right and you'd, you'd kind of be able to interact. And we're like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could like do some stuff like this for training and e-commerce? And then uh, bit by bit um, supported one of our, our employees at the time, Fritz Brumder, to go through an MBA program. He put a lot more energy behind it. We landed at the name Brand Live, and and this you know through a lot of different iterations that that notion of live video chat module slide deck below that, and then of course we've layered on a million other features since yeah. then. And then we just determined, hey, we either need to spin this out of Cascade and try and find some of the other people's money to play with, or pull it into Cascade and make it one of our product offerings. And so the the decision was made to spin that out. Fritz kind of took lead on that through Portland Seed Fund, and then we had some luck uh, with Oregon Angel. Um, ex- yeah, Oregon Angel through OEN, they had a competition mm. that we were successful mm-hmm. in, in winning, and then uh, Oregon Angel Fund, now Oregon Venture Fund, closed the that first round after the first year by by investing in us as well. So then they we released that to the wild. Fritz took off on that that journey, and I stayed back with Cascade. And so then that kind of ended that. That exciting chapter in about 2013. And since then, we've kind of regrouped and said, who are we? What are we about? What are yeah. we going to focus on? And and that's kind of consumed the last decade uh, with our core team. Well, that's story. I mean, so I've had Fritz on the podcast and I met Fritz maybe like 2008 or 2009. So this is pretty early days around. So I didn't know you're the guy behind the guy. Kind yeah. of, right? yeah. And of course, for people who don't are familiar with Brand Live, they've continued to grow and now they've got new investment, kind of a, a new team in there. And, you, you know, they were, I think, behind like a lot of the uh, political campaign 
virtual stuff during all this past few years. Uh, so that's that's cool. Thanks for that's a little bit of Portland tech history there. Yeah, you yeah. shared with me. So and I was able to stay on with the board and support that effort um, through January of 2020. Oh, interesting. At which point. Um, I wouldn't call it an exit, uh, although there was a, a small uh, payout at the end of that to return some of my common shares back to the the lead investor to give them motivation to carry it forward. And then, boom, the pandemic hits, and yeah. and they a lot of what we had worked hard for became really valued yeah. and appreciated. So, like you say, Biden campaign, yeah. uh, you know, gave them a lot of credit for their success. A lot of uh, celebrities and influencers mm -hmm. were trying mm -hmm. to remain relevant using that platform, and mm -hmm. you know, very proud of the fact that our little organization, our little service business, was able to you know spin yeah. off that product company successfully. And and we continue today. And heck, I, I see Fritz up at the mountain. At ski races and whatnot and yeah it's just great to reconnect well, and yeah i guess both of you are hardcore skiers that's how we met interesting yeah he hit me up uh well i used to to premiere ski movies in portland for a, a company at the time very small teton gravity research he was a tech rep for technica and blizzard so i uh tried to get swag from him to give away to the crowd and <laughs> in exchange for tickets then i got convinced him to take over my role as head coach at the jesuit high school ski team okay took a while to get him to do that and he's like how about Cascade or mm -hmm. yeah, Cascade, could I come to work for you? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, maybe that would work. So yeah, but our our original connection was through the ski world and and that's where we continue to run into each other now that he's living in Bend. Yeah, that's, well, that's cool. And I think there's a whole, this is for another podcast, separate story of, I know a little bit behind the scenes of the, uh, the investors and all that and uh one of these days, if anybody's willing to share, I think there should be some lessons learned oh, for uh, people to share. I, so I know there are people that are involved in the transaction, but yeah, it was, seems interesting. Boy, it was quite a ride. Yeah. Absolutely. All the way through, met a lot of great people, learned a ton, and mm -hmm. not immediately motivated to, to go out and raise <laughs> funds from someone else okay. for a startup. We'll Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. Well, another day. Yes. Um, well, one of the last things I want to touch on, Ben, is you're kind of the sole owner of the, the company. I guess your, your, your spouse helps you run it from what I understand a little bit too. You've been doing it for 22 years. You have this team of, of six. And when we connected before, we talked a little bit about this is kind of finding that fit of staying within that and kind of being okay with that. I think that's where I see a lot of flash in the pan companies like get burned going back to the story of maybe bringing on investors and that need for kind of growth and stuff. And uh, I think talking about how it is okay to, to create a business that sustains six employees is that's a huge win, but it feels like sometimes people don't view it that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, um, I think that's it in our, in our society where also there's so much pressure on growth and, mm -hmm. and, uh, accomplishment and in the way that's defined for a, um, you know, any kind of, of company with shareholders is that you're increasing shareholder value, mm -hmm. which means you're growing and not only and most importantly growing profit, but also growing top line and gosh, in the SAS, in the SAS model, as we learned, felt like kind of late along the way, the board realized like, wow, you success in SAS is losing money and you just have to grow fast enough to be able to gain enough more outside money and then try and thread that needle and sell before the economy shifts on you again. Mm. And so this idea of building a sustaining small business that, um, you know, values 
relationships, both with the the internal team as well as clients, it feels kind of old fashioned in a lot of ways. But for for my family, for my team, mm-hmm. I think that's something we put a lot of energy into. Is you know um, we don't necessarily need to be ridiculously ambitious about growing and selling and and mm-hmm. uh, bringing on more and more and more. And I think that's what I've learned in the last couple of years. Is as much as historically my major part of my job is bringing in the new client we haven't been as successful with that as we would have liked in the last couple of years although what we found and i consider that hunting right trying to find the new business but what we found is in those early years especially with a smaller team we were underserving a lot of the clients that we had built websites for because we were chasing to the next client that we're building the site for and and when that new business tabled off a little bit then all of a sudden we realized we have all these clients with all these wants and desires why aren't we investing more in them why aren't we farming Mm. this opportunity that we have instead of going out there and just constantly trying to win the new business Mm -hmm. and so you know deepening those relationships adding more value and investing in those clients that are invested in us has really worked well yeah. Um, but it does take, you know, conversation with the team to help them understand, like, if, if your goal is to get a new title, is to make huge jumps in, in you know, compensation, um, those kinds of things, this isn't the right place. And we've mm-hmm. had plenty that have come and gone and gone mm-hmm. to work with competitors and gone mm-hmm. to work with competitors owned by my friends and, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of mm-hmm. things over that duration. But for the right people that do value that stability, that do value the fact we're building something together that we can all be proud of and look back on year over year and say, oh my gosh, this is getting sweeter as the years go by. That's something I put a lot of energy into. And fortunately, I found enough folks that want to join before that ride. I think that's phenomenal advice. So Ben, thanks for you know being on the podcast. It'd be great to do a part two one of these days and um, so that we didn't get into kind of how you know, you mentioned skiing, but you, you know, you still coach and you're still active and doing those things. I think that's valuable for folks to have folks to hear about because I've talked about this on the show before is like one of my goals is to get a hobby in 2023. I think when you run your own business, even whether it's one person, six people, it just consumes you. So Uh, that kind of advice would be helpful, but that's for uh, part two. So. Yeah, no, 27 years and counting on the ski coaching thing, and that's awesome. been huge. So I'd love to love to share some thoughts on that one as well. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Ben. You bet, Dan. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well. 